0: Well, if you have your Bibles or your phones or your apps and whatever you have today, <laughs> today I have my Bible. My phone's right there. So today I have a paper Bible. Go with me to Romans, if you would. I want to read starting in verse 3, and then we're going to pick up some verses and talk a little bit more about servanthood out of some verses from 9 on, but I want to start in three and just read, so if you would read with me. I don't know if they're going to have anything there or not. If not, that's fine. Read chapter 12, verse 3, Romans. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. And I know you recognize that. I'm not preaching to somebody that's devoid of understanding of the word. I know that you all know these things. But it's important to always recognize that we are not one in the sense of we are not all alike. (laughs) We are to be a body, but we have different functions every one of us every one of us some may look similar to what another does or how he's gifted but we are all different even the way we function in the same gift we're all different he intended it that way so we being many are one body in christ and individually members of one another You hear that? We're members of one another. That means we are connected. You can't be truly apostolic unless you understand some level of being jointly fit together. (laughs) You really are your brother's keeper. As much as some don't want to feel that or think that, you really are. We are, if we're truly Christ's. Verse 6, having gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. That's important to hear. Prophesy in proportion to your faith. Therefore, if you're new in Christ, you didn't even know what prophecy was until somebody said, You you have the gift of prophecy and you start prophesying because it's in you to do. Don't try to become somebody you're not. Stay where you are. Stay in who you are and according to your level of prophecy, prophesy. Now that doesn't mean don't prophesy because you can't be like somebody else. Let your faith grow in accordance to your faith then you will begin to prophesy at levels that God brings to you. Don't run past God. Stay with him. All right? That's not even what we're talking about. This is just a little free stuff. It'll help you, believe me, it'll help you to not overrun who you are. <laughs> Some of us can tell you how sorry that can be. Or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. Same thing, same principle. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what's good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. I want to look at some verses after that, but we're going to just stop there. Serving the Lord. That is a word there, if you look it up, that we can, humans can recall, especially Americans who have have known and have read, and when some of us have ancestry, to a horrible time in our country, to a time of slavery. This word, serving the Lord, can feel negative if you just look at those, if you just look it up and look at what it means, it means to be enslaved. And we recoil at that, hopefully we do. Americans should recoil at that, that sense of enslavement. But there's a difference between man's enslavement and being enslaved to God. One of the biggest things is that because it's our choice to be enslaved to God. It's voluntary. It's a voluntary act. There is a, uh, I didn't even get my phone because I just want to read a couple lines to it. There is, uh, I don't know if any of you were here. I know a lot of you were here. I'm just, I don't know why I said it that way, but. When the man and woman were from Ireland, were here, and they uh, talked about St. Patrick, and a prayer that is is given to him. And some people you know say that it they're not always sure it was all just his writing, but that it was early writing around the time he lived. But I like the old way. There's a way that they brought it out to where it's it begins to say, "I arise to these things." that this prayer was but if you look at an older version of it i really like the older version because it gives me a mindset of what we're talking about if we serve god to be enslaved to god and it goes like this i bind to myself today the strong virtue of the invocation of the trinity i believe the trinity in the unity the creator of the universe i bind to myself today the virtue of the incarnation of christ with His baptism and on and on but this sense of, I bind myself to this. This is a voluntary act of all the goodness of God and who He is. I bind myself to that. Because I know if I bind myself to Him, then I'm going to walk step by step with Him. There's something, there's a difference in the way that you you. we have to look at this thing of serving God. We can't look at it as, I have to. We have to be able to get into our, into our beings that this is something that I'm choosing but it's for a reason the reason is he first loved you and he first loved me out of relationship we make choices of binding with him of coming into who he is beside him walk with him it's out of relationship because he first loved us then out of that relationship we begin to love back now we all know that everything in christianity begins with love it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about is the love of God. Because without it, we're sunk. We're simply sunk. We can't even relate to each other unless we have God's love. So for me to come to an understanding of serving God at the level that we need to serve by being enslaved to Him, then let's look at it and get into our minds that what it is about is about I'm stepping into something that enables me it doesn't oppress me this enables me when I step into who he is because of his love for me now with that in me I can step forward and love others because if we're going to receive love and we say we're going to love God and serve him we can't do that without serving each other because that's his that's his number one thing. Before he went to the cross, I tell you this all the time, I say this all the time, right before he went to the cross, he told the disciples, I'll give you a new commandment. The other commandment was, love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and all your life, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says a little later then, I'll give you a new commandment, love others like I love you. And then he's on to the cross. One of the greatest commandments he gives us right before he goes and does the greatest act of servanthood ever known to man. But this thing of being a servant of God is not about I have to. This is a thing of because of His love for me and because I recognize I know whose I am in Him. That's so important to know. He bought you, which that in itself binds me to Him. He paid for your In my sin debt. He paid that. He did that with his blood. He redeemed us. Therefore just that act alone. Binds me to him. But I've got to recognize that. I can't look at it as. Well I'm going to. I'm going to pray the prayer. Of salvation. And now I have to do this. And I have to do this. And I have to do this. Because that's bondage. That's not the freedom and the liberty that's in Christ Jesus. We have free will in him, right? It is for freedom that he set us free. So we know it can't be about a bondage. When we serve him, it's about liberty. It's about me being able to now come to Jalyn, and if she has need, I can help her out of a heart that's pure, not trying to get something back from her. See, that's a man-made mindset. Well, I'll do that for you, but there should be something in return. When we're just servants of the Most High, then we do what He does. Have, did, you, did any of you ever pay anything for your redemption? Did any of you ever give anything towards it? Because there's nothing we can give in response to that except ourselves, <laughs> our obedience to Him. That's all we have to give is to respond to his love. It's all we have. He already has everything. We can't add to what he gets. He already has everything. But when you give him your heart, in a fullness, now we have a reciprocation. He loved me, and I love him back. And I prove that by loving you. That's how I prove I love him. John said in 1 John, you know that you're his because you yeah, have the love for the brother. I remember years ago when I read that verse the first time back, I was probably like 20, and I remember reading it, and I just remember thinking that thought hit me just, bam. I don't, I just don't really like a lot of the people that, that I'm in church around. And it made me like, it gave me, just, ugh. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. What's going on here? It can be fairly humiliating. Let me see. I don't want to run ahead of myself. So we can go back then to verse 9. is where I want to then just start. And we'll just, we'll just speak of some of these verses in the sense. And this is in the sense of what it is to be being bound to him responded to his love now i love not just him but i now by loving him i love others and that's where this starts in verse 9 with that in mind let love be without hypocrisy abhor what is evil cling to what is good see this will happen when we start loving like he loves this is how we begin to function as a believer, but one who is not, that doesn't have to, because I think, see, I don't, I I think that's one of the things that really trips us up, is that we always get that sense that we have to do this. We need to develop into our understanding why we do this, because he first loved us with a love that was greater than anything that we could ever begin to even comprehend. It's been a I'm in a tear morning, so I got to keep wiping. Hating what is evil, clinging to what is good—that is join, glue, keep company with what's beneficial, what produces life. The apostle always brings that in, and, and that's one of the one of the one of the greatest things, I guess, that one of the top things that I can say I've learned from him through the years is that concept that it's not about right and wrong. It's about life and death. So when you read a verse like that, you say, let, let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be completely sincere, just as sincere as his love is for you. And believe me, it was sincere. He died a horrible death and lived a perfect life <laughs> and then died a horrible death to take your sin and to redeem you. It was very sincere love that he had for us. Let us love in sincerity the same way. Take that serious. But abhor what's evil, cling to what's good. Join with what's beneficial. Join with what's good and beneficial from him as I serve you. Verse 10 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. We're supposed to care for one another as family would, because we're family. <laughs> you might not be the same color as I am, but you're my family. That's the truth of it. So if I think anything, anything about you because of who you are, and I don't love you with sincerity because of that, (laughs) I'm out of order. Then I don't really know the love of God. I can't distinguish. When I notice that, and if you notice that, you have to recognize that's, that's your flesh. And it needs to be put to death. We say it over and over and over. If you just read the New Testament through, you'll start to find out that Paul talked about the flesh a lot because it's powerful. It rules us most of the time. So let's not let it rule us. Care for one another as family would. If God is your father, that's how we should respond. Esteem each other as valuable. And I like how this defined out. It simply said, your money in the bank. That's how I should see you. That's how you should see each other. That's what God sees in you. But see, it's hard for us to believe that. Very hard for us in our flesh to believe that God sees us as valuable. Because after all, he's God. He's perfect. How could he see that in me? But he does. He gave himself for you. He must have seen something in you. He died for you. All right, so get this reciprocation issue because that's going to help us in our future as far as our desire to serve, not because we have to, because we can. We're able to. He enables us to do it. Esteem each other as valuable. Money in the bank, giving dignity to others. That's not easy if you're in the flesh. I can assure you, I know that. It is not easy for me to esteem others greater than myself. I have to make that a priority in my life. Because I grew up, my natural flesh was very selfish. My natural flesh was basically, in, when I was a teen, my statement would be, I'm not conceited. Conceit's a fault and I have no faults. <laughs> so from that mindset, then I have to do some work. The work is I have to learn to esteem others greater than myself. I have to put myself, humble myself before them as a servant. If you look at the words worship and you look at the study of that and you get the sense that God himself is kneeling before us, that's, that's just not right. But that's the heart of a servant. And because God is the greatest servant there ever was, Jesus became the greatest servant there ever was. His example to us is what we need to follow. If he could get on his knees before men and wash their feet, esteem each other as valuable, giving dignity to others. And this really does require death to self preferring others to the front you know that's one of those things that we can practice and you can practice in your life and it's it's a very easy thing to do Wow, very easy thing to do I'll tell you one of the first ways now if you if we all get to practice it at some level we'll get all messed up so you hear me what I'm saying but we know when there's a church function and there's food to eat if you're first in line because you chose to be first in line that's a good place for you to start to say you know I might need to prefer others ahead of me but you can teach yourself it's not you know it's not a thing of getting on you it's a thing of saying I have to learn how to prefer others ahead of me how do I do it unless I, unless I practice it somehow I can step back away from the pizza box I can step back <laughs> and let others get in and you know what it may be gone by the time you get there. And then what's your reaction going to be? <laughs> you going to be angry? You're going to get in the flesh? They should have got more pizza. <laughs> ah. Prefer others. Esteem others. Verse 11. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit serving the Lord, not lagging in diligence, not slothful, not grievous, not tardy in our everyday function, that's how it's defined out, to not lag in diligence, I love the way this puts it, the way it defines out is is that we should be like boiling water, constantly, if you look at boiling water, what's happening on the top? It's always ready. It's like it's always ready. That's diligence, to always be ready, not lagging, not tardy. That means late. <laughs> That's diligence. That's part of serving. When you serve one another, now you know I'll just take this moment. it's okay, and then you can hate me or love me and whatever. but you know what when we're late, when we start at ten o'clock here, when we're late, you're not serving your fellow man. We're all late. I I'm, you know, get me I, please you know my heart I'm not I'm not trying to get it on you. I'm just saying if I come in late, I'm not serving my fellow man because, Honestly, we start at 10 o'clock, so we should be starting at 10 o'clock. And the big part of that statement is we. Love me, please, but this is part of serving God and serving each other. Verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. We're to be seen as a salutation. Does anybody have a good definition of salutation off the top of their head? Because I don't. Greeting. Greeting? Okay, that's great. I'm just asking. We should be a greeting to our fellow man. The greeting is when they see you and you are greeting them, they should see who you are and whose you are. So we should walk around as representatives. We're representing someone. If I am bound to him and enslaved to him, then what I'm going to walk around is going to look like him. Right? (laughs) It should it should, but then the old flesh, there you are again, and the old flesh gets up in the face, and we want to be who we are. We don't want to be who He made us to be. That's a funny thing. I heard, I'm not going to go there because this is not the time, but I'll just make the statement that I thought was funny. You know how we always talk about, and I'm one that will tell you all the time, become who you are. You know, find your passion and then just follow it. But I heard a man, a, a, a Jewish man, talking about finances and it was awesome because he said we need to know who we are we need to follow our passion he said my problem is my passion's boating and nobody's paying me to boat <laughs> so I can't make a living out of my passion I said you know that's a very good point point." and he continued in to say but if you find the passion in others then find what they need in you and then you provide that for them and That's God's economy. You can make money off of that. You can live off of that. You can build businesses off of that. That's God's design. I thought it was pretty funny though, because I've always, I've always been one of those. You know, find your passion. You know, it's like your passion's not always going to make you money. <laughs> it's a great thing to walk around a lake and enjoy the scenery, but it ain't paying you anything. You know. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Rejoicing in hope. We should be seen and known for who we are, but we should be cheerful with confident expectation. That's the hope that lies within you and me. We should be seen. We should be a salutation of that, a a great, confident expectation. That's hope. If he is the one who is the way maker, then why can we not in him hope? with confidence if we're not confident in the hopes that we have then it's because we're not trusting that he will do it and I know that you and I both know that there have been times where we have felt like we are prayed in and everything is right and it's good and it should happen and it doesn't and the only thing you can do at that point in time is to step back and say God what's your timing because apparently it isn't now because I know your words true you're not going to fail. So if I, something in here is not in, happened, so apparently the timing's not right because your word's good. My desire's good. <laughs> I have expectation. I have hope. But I'll wait on your timing. and I'll keep praying. Don't lose heart. Just keep waiting. Keep waiting. It's not easy to do sometimes. Persevering in prayer. I think that's where we're at. Let's see. No, no. Uh, Persevering in trouble, Jesus said in this world we'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. He's overcome, right? So we lay a hold of him, we bind ourselves to him, and then we walk like that, knowing things are going to come that we don't want. Jesus said it's going to happen. It's in the world. We're in the world. We live here in the flesh, so stuff's going to happen. Be of good cheer. He's overcome. So if we're bound to him, we know we're going to go through, right? Right? Because the tribulation ain't going to get him down. He's already overcome the world. So if we're bound to him, we got it. We can walk with him. Walk right on through the flame. Amen? Persevering in prayer. Constant communion with him concerning all things. Everything by prayer and supplication. Being before him constantly. But we have to go to work. So be in prayerful comfort all day long in communion with him he's a spirit being and he lives in you so your spirit and his spirit can commune all day long it doesn't matter if you're working don't get into the false feeling that if you're not on, this, on these steps with your face down that you can't be praying your prayers out in the public workplace are just as powerful as they are in here He doesn't change. He's not a different person. His spirit doesn't change. He's the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Ghost. And he does what he does, and he does it according to him. He is like the wind, and those who believe him are like that. Didn't Jesus say that in John 3? Those who are of of him, they're like the spirit. They're like the wind. They just move. Nobody really knows how and why. So if we're bound to him, then that's how we're going to live. He's going to speak to us at the most inopportune times, probably, and say, why don't you go over, and that person needs something. And then all we got to do is just go do it instead of contemplating of, am I really hearing God? Am I really hearing Him? The smallest, simplest voice usually is Him. <laughs> They're the ones we usually push out. No, I don't want to hear that. Verse 13. Distributing to the needs of the saints and be given to hospitality, sharing in the affairs of your brothers and sisters. We are all, uh, once again, in God's family. We are brother and sister, whether you like it or not. You can't get rid of me. If you're my brother and my sister, I'm sorry, we're here to stay. I love that verse. Paul says, (laughs) well, the the definition of putting up with each other. (laughs) that's how it's defined I love that because the truth is we do have to put up with each other it's not always fun but we're family we're going to get through it sharing in the affairs of your brothers and sisters pursuing hospitality to strangers you know the verse says that sometimes you know we may be serving angels unaware The stranger's out there and he needs something, and you can give it to him, give it to him, help him. You never know what may be going on in the spirit realm. We don't know these things, so we just have to be faithful and believe and do. Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Whoops. Let's skip that one and keep on rolling. Because I, ah, boy, you driving this... In this DeSoto County area. Whew. We all have to repent from that one. Speaking well of those who annoy you and hurt you. That's not easy. Without God. Without his presence. You know, it's not just that heavy persecution that you recognize right off the bat. That's the evil one that's the devil it's that there's people that annoy you <laughs> you got to deal with it we' we're, we're, we're Christians we're followers of Christ we have to deal with that stuff and there are plenty of people who annoy us amen <laughs> but we are told to deal with that that in Christ we can deal with it Scripture says he reviled not at those accusing him. He had nothing to say back to them. Kept his mouth shut. Man, is that hard. That is really hard for me. Because I, somewhere in my being, I feel like if I can say something really profound, it's going to change everything. <laughs> so I let loose on him. And it doesn't change a thing. <laughs> It'd be better if I kept my mouth shut. Ah. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, because we are one body and we're one flesh. This really does pertain to us. These are things we've lost sight of in the church, in the body. You know, when one's joyful, we all join in and even allow those hurting to be lifted up by our joy. That's why we're a body. That's why even though we're all different, we're all alike, because we all hurt at some time. Just think of the dynamics of it. It's not supposed to take the sorrow away, but if you have one sitting here who's sorrowful today and the rest of us are joyful, with an honest, pure heart if we each took a part of that sorrow and carried it. We wouldn't be carrying much, but we could lift a lot of sorrow off that person as the body. So You don't have to take all the agony of someone that's in pain on you, but as a body, we all are supposed to partake of that. If they're weeping, weep with them. And the other side of that is joy. If, you're, if those are joyful and you're full of gladness, the sad one can reach out and get a little touch of that. And if they get a little touch of all of us, they can lift their burdens. So it goes both ways. But it's important that as a body, we understand that we do have a part in this. We do function in this. When someone's hurting, hurt with them. When they're happy, be happy with them. It might it might just lift you up out of your mess, you know, just to be happy when someone else is happy. But you know what the sad part of that is, and I'm just speaking out of me and my flesh. If I see somebody getting something, and they you know and they're really happy, it's like my first thing my flesh says, well, what did I get? I should have get of that, and that's pitiful. But I'm being truthful. I have to fight that stuff in me, because remember, I didn't think I had any faults at one time, so I still fight that stuff. I deserve that. Why they get it, I deserve that. That is pitiful. It's not the way we should be. It's a God's kingdom way, true communism. You, boy, that people looked up. But true communism has nothing to do with man's communism. God's communism is that I have all that you possibly could need, I am the head, and I'll give it all to you. Man's communism is the other way I'll take everything to the top, and you get nothing. You live like a dog getting scraps. And at the top, we're full. That's man's communism. That's why it never works. It fails every time. But the kingdom's economy is that he has everything already. (laughs) It's all his. And he's so willing to distribute it among. So if he's willing to do that, then that's why we're supposed to be able to distribute to those who need. Because you'll never run out. If you're giving out of a source of him, you'll never run out of giving. You can't, because he can't run out. He is the source maker. If he runs out, he'll make more. (laughs) But he isn't going to run out. That's really part of 15, in one way or another. Anyway, 16. Be the same mind one towards another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Again, mindful of everyday, ordinary things so as to stay connected to everyone. See, if you're not mindful of everything that's going on, then you won't stay connected to what's going on. And we do, as humans, like to disconnect. Because our work day is tough, ours, we're, we're long at it, we come home after 12, day or 12 hours of work, and we just want to sit down and be left alone. But at some level, we need to stay connected. not thinking too highly of our own accomplishments. That's important because some in here have amazing abilities and amazing talents. But what he's saying is don't get, that, don't get so much of that in your mind and thinking about all those things so that it disconnects you from the needs of others. Don't think too highly of what you're, what you're about Keep those things, your accomplishments, keep them in perspective. He didn't say anything about it. It's wrong to have accomplishments. Go for it. Go for everything that he's opened up into your life to go for. He's just saying, keep in mind. Keep them in perspective. You may may ascend to whatever lofty thing there is because God is the one who promotes. And he can take you there in humility. But he's just saying, if you're there, just just put it in perspective. There's others that aren't there. And they need you just as much now as they needed you when you were like them. So just don't get too high in who you are. Is always saying. He's not trying to bring you down. He's just trying to say, keep it in perspective. 17, 18, 19, and 20, there's one of them. Repay no one evil for evil, having regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, as your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. If in doing so you heap coals of fire on his head, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So we're not going to get back at someone who attacks us it's just God's place to do because we would go overboard we don't know how to do that in a righteous manner we're not capable of that because we want to hurt somebody God's way is not to hurt people in one word I know that you, most of you have probably been a part of this but in one, one word in one second he can humble someone to the point where they give up because that's just who he is he can do it where it would take me a year of humiliating them until they just caved in and ended up in a whatever for years because I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to, to bring somebody down. It's not, I'm not made for that. It's not in me. It's not in me. It's not in us. We're human. We're not God. So let him be the one who brings vengeance. My vengeance is going to hurt somebody. He's going to find the best for everyone involved. He may have to bring them down, but he'll bring them down in a way that he can build them back up. If I bring them down, they'll probably never come back up. Okay? Keeping things open and honest. When you need to live peaceably with someone, keep everything open and honest, no hidden agendas if we're gonna be servants of the Most High, if we're gonna be joined with Him, if we're gonna be aligned in Him and be a servant of the Most High, serving each other, it's gotta be with no open agenda, no closed agendas, I mean. You cannot walk around with agenda behind your back. We can't do that as Christians, can't do it. Because believe it or not, the other one around you is just not that stupid. Because you think you got, <laughs> you got all this stuff hidden behind you that you're going to go after them sometime. They're not stupid. They see it. They know it. They can tell it by your demeanor. Be open, open-handed, open-minded. Have your heart open towards each other. Hmm. It allows you to live at peace as much as is possible. Letting God do anything to anyone he deems to do it, necessary to do. Let him have it. Let him take care of it. Another thing Apostle has taught me is, and it works, is to work in the opposite spirit. When there's things coming against you and going against you and people and this, work in the opposite spirit. If they're out to hurt you, do everything you can to, to bring them up. To elevate them. Don't join into it. Because in doing so, all these things then just simply brings shame and remorse of conscience to them. Conviction can come to them. But don't you lock them up and keep them from God's conviction. Because we can do that. We're more powerful than we think we are with our words. We can lock somebody up. Let God have it. Let him do what he needs to do. Keep your mouth shut. (laughs) We'll be a lot better off. See, people can resist wrath. They will resist wrath. Like if you come at them, they're going to resist that. Anger, power, people resist that when it comes towards them. But goodness cannot be resisted. It always finds its way into the spirit of man. Goodness always finds its way in. That's why I love the last verse in that psalm. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. If I have, if I have him in his presence and goodness follows me everywhere I go, it can't, I have to recognize it or it can't follow me. I recognize his goodness. People can't resist goodness. They may not say anything. They may revile at you, but keep being good. Just Keep being good towards them. Just keep releasing the love of God. Just be good towards them. If in God's service we would act on the principles of the gospel, peace would rule. In our society, this society, this in Desoto County, let's not even go Memphis. Let's just say Desoto County. If we would, if we would serve man by acting on the principles of the gospel, peace would rule. <laughs> if we met unkindness with kindness. Malice with benevolence and wrong with right, peace would come into the community. I think if we acted in this way, even the opposition to the gospel would really slow down because what people that are in opposition to the gospel, usually what they see is flesh. They usually don't see the love of God, not the true love of God, not the kind of love that comes from someone bound to Him, enslaved to Him. It's no different than representing. It's no different than being an ambassador. When Paul says to be an ambassador of Christ, and one of the best teachings you can ever listen to on that would be Miles Monroe. Crazy teaching, good stuff, but you're, if you're an ambassador, then, and you're bound to Him, you're enslaved to Him, then really that means that says that your opinion really doesn't mean anything. And see, we get so many people against us as Christians because they see our opinions. Politically, they see our opinions. They don't see love. Just a pet peeve of mine. Nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments in in the schools. But instead of that, why don't we put on there, love others as he loved you. Why not put the, the commandment into place? Love others as he loves you. Because if you get other people or people loving others like he loves and like you want to be loved, that changes the whole concept. Where was I a minute ago? I just ran off from there and I didn't mean to. <laughs> anyway, I was finishing up, so we'll get there. We'll finish up. We should be good. I must. Yeah, you know, we have to keep going till the pizza gets here. You got that right. <laughs> if we finish too early, you know, people will run out and they won't eat. <laughs> I think of God's goodness. I mean, I do. I, I uh, this morning at home, I don't know what it was, but man, His presence was just good. And Vicky and I just talked about how just thankfulness that we have for, and the gratitude that we have for Him. And it's not perfect gratitude. I mean, I still am failing left and right, but I'm I'm so desiring to be one who is grateful in everything. And, you know, the words, it was great this week as I was putting this together because it got to a place where, you know, words just almost, it was hard to find words that really described the act that he did for us. You know, words started coming out like crescendos. <laughs> I don't speak like that. But those kind of words were starting to come out of my spirit that they're to be grateful for what he's done for me. From salvation on, and on, and on, it's as though there's these shouts that come forth just because of the act of what he did. It's like shouts come forth saying, thank you, (laughs) thank you, thank you. It's not because I can conjure him up, it's because of something coming through. Just thank you, being grateful to him. You know, and even in remembrance of Him and with the, the act of communion when we do, in remembrance of what He did for us. Isn't it? Isn't it cool that the Greek word for that is Eucharist? Do you ever look it up? It means thanks. Isn't that cool? Even the very act of remembrance of what He did for us has a thanksgiving that's the one word to be enslaved to it's not a matter of I have to do this stuff I have to do what's right I, I, I. it's a matter that because of what he did out of a grateful heart I can just bind myself to him enslave myself to him and his opinion becomes my opinion that's where we were a little while ago on on the thing of being a representative. Because see, if I represent a kingdom, that kingdom has an agenda. It's not my agenda. So if I represent, and I'm an ambassador, I must represent that authority, that agenda, not mine. Therefore, all the political stuff, all the things that come into all that, all the things that come into stuff, if it doesn't line up with the kingdom agenda, our mouths because all we do is bring pain and hurt to the body of Christ and the love of Christ does not show where it should in us what can you say to a benevolent God who is so good and so gracious to us but thanks just thanks be to God for his incredible gift Wow. and gives us, enables us to be this, this one who's enslaved to him. It enables us to volunteer without any sense of have to. See, we're not in bondage. We're free. Choosing, volunteering to join with him. And then the very next thing he says is, love others like I love you so to serve as a servant of God that's all there is to it putting it into footwork that's where it starts to get tough what we did for 40 minutes here this morning is the simple part hearing about it acting it out is the next part But I can't make you act any certain way. You have to act the way you're supposed to act. (laughs) So I've delivered the message. It's up to you now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy. It isn't. But it's possible. Because he's enabled us to do it. I think I told you last week or something. I have, I've just about three weeks ago, I just, I don't know, it felt like he just began to tell me, Pray for the manifestation of his presence in me every day. I know we're filled. I know he fills us. But for some reason, he told me, Pray for my manifestation in you. So I do. I've started doing that it's just that i have to kill the flesh all the way i got to put my foot on it and i got to keep it down it's an old story that it's it's just it's a pretty good visual story though A friend of mine i used to work with said that he had he thought he had it there was a tree in their yard and it fell over and there were flying squirrels in it so he thought that he would just <laughs> <laughs> they look so nice <laughs> he look so good so he picks one up and he said it immediately latched onto this part of his hand and he said I couldn't get his mouth open I couldn't get him to stop and he said I was of course I was scared he said I knew what was going on he said so I just started squeezing him he said because I figured I could squeeze the life out of him before he could hurt me anymore he said but he wouldn't let go until he was completely dead Kind of a vicious story, but that's how it has to be with the flesh. It's going to cry loudest before it dies. So when you're working on that stuff and you're trying to put it to death, don't be surprised if it rises up. Don't be surprised because it knows it's about to die and it doesn't want to die. Or this being that was so incredibly made, it's got some strong stuff in it. Some of it can be used for good and then there's some of it's got to be put to death. So when you do these, when you start walking out these things, putting them down, don't be surprised if they raise up and try to push you back because they're going to scream loudest before you put them to death. Just a visual. But when you feel it rise up in you, think of that visual. No, I will kill you. I will put you down. You're not going to rule my life because I am a servant (laughs) of the Most High. He loved me, gave himself for me. I have responsibility with that now to carry out who he is in the earth. You're his hands and feet. He's the head, but you're his body. We're his body. So everything that's going to get done is going to get done through us your spirit in me so that I can become what I'm supposed to be are we good? I have no idea if the pizza's here yet we are very glad for any of you who are going to stay because we do need your help but the more stay quicker we'll get it done and we'll be out of here and you can be on about your business which is serving (laughs) people Are we good? Anything anybody needs to say? That's a dangerous thing to say, ask. (laughs) Well, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you that we are not slaves. We thank you that we're free. You made us free. And with that freedom, we can become servants with a smile on our face bound to you and all your goodness ah, you're good father we thank you this morning we really do we just with a heart of gratitude we say thanks to you for all you've done and all you're doing and all you will do confident expectation we say thank you in jesus name thank you amen well all right you're free to do what you want to do if you're staying we'll stay If you're leaving, you can.